1: Welcome into another edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I'm Bobby from Oregon.
0: Hi, I'm Bonnie from Oklahoma.
1: And we are going to jump right into it. So, Bonnie, uh, in the past you guys have been baking and then you guys cooled off, but you had some interesting weather not too long ago. Tell me what happened.
0: Yes, it was um, Tuesday night into early, early, early Wednesday morning. Um, just this ridiculous complex of storms came through. They weren't really severe. A few times, parts of them got warned for high winds, and so they were severe for that. But as far as tornadic or anything, no. A few of them produced some pea-sized hail, but they were they were probably the loudest storms I've ever heard. It was it was probably three o'clock in the morning, and I just. Anytime there's a storm, I wake up. It's like my own internal radar, you know, goes off and I wake up. But I'll fall right back asleep. But these just kept me up all night. They were so loud, so much lightning, so much rain. Around my house, we got about three and a half inches. So that's ridiculous for the first few days of August.
1: When you, so, get, when you get that much rain, is there flash flood uh, advisors issued for that? Because three and a half inches in a short amount of time is, is a lot of water.
0: Yes. Yeah, we definitely, most of central Oklahoma was in a flash flood warning for a good part of the morning into 7, 8 a.m. We were were in a flash flood warning. So it was good. It was good to get that rain, but it just all came in a couple of hours. It was just these line of storms training over the same areas, and it was nice. I liked it.
1: Well, I'm glad that you finally got some storms. Um, We out here in Oregon have been the exact opposite. We've been roasting. Um, Tuesday, or actually, I think Monday was when the National Weather Service here in Portland issued it. But we're under an excessive heat warning. So temperatures are now creeping up into the upper 90s, lower triple digits. Um, Right now, you know, it's 90 degrees outside. We're on our way to a high of about 100 so it's, it's warm. Um, it is kind of muggy. We have a lot of smoke in the air. A lot of these fires from in southern Oregon and northern California uh, under that southerly wind influence have been in the Willamette Valley. Luckily, here in the Portland area, the air quality is not too bad. Uh, there is a lot of smoke at the upper elevations. Our sunrise and sunsets have been absolutely spectacular. So thankfully, we're not dealing with the air quality issues like southern Oregon is where the smoke is literally just hugging the ground. Um, but as we talked about last week, I was at a music festival this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Camped in an open field, woke up every morning at 6 a.m., freezing cold. The temperature dro- dropped down probably into the upper 40s, if not lower 50s, but still pretty cold. Temperatures were in the 90s most of the day. But one of the funny things that I saw, and you don't see it a lot in Oregon, maybe you do, maybe more in the central part of the United States, but. We had this really thin line of cumulus clouds and it came directly off the coast, came up over the valley and then started to grow once it, you know, sat over warming, uh, you know, continental air, basically, you know, air, the sun warms the air and, you know, it rises and it just kind of bubbled up these, these little clouds. We had some thunderstorms pop over the Cascades. I was kind of worried that it was going to, you know, kind of drift into the area where our festival was. Thankfully, it didn't. But, man, it was really cool just to kind of see these clouds just kind of. You know, you wake up and you see it, the alto cumulus clouds, and you kind of like, man, that's, you know, that's the precursor for thunderstorms starting. So I just kind of watched the satellite all day, watched the radar all day. And thing like I said, it was to the east and the south of us, so it didn't affect us. But, man, it was just really cool to kind of see that whole process again from early in the morning, go all the way through the day and see these storms form. But uh, you definitely are having the more fun than we are because it is just too hot. Thankfully, we cool down. Um we talk about model riding and looking at every run, and I know we do that especially in chase season and then during the winter. Bonnie in the last four days, they've been forecasting showers on Saturday coming up. We've gone from anywhere from five one hundredths of an inch to over and half of inch per model run. So you know, we look at the twelve Z this morning, and it said just over a tenth of an inch. The zero Z last night said half an inch. Um, the twelve Z from yesterday said three quarters of an inch. So it's been this giant up and down. And you know, a lot of friends are asking me, they're like, "Hey, we got plans on Saturday. What's it going to do?" And I'm, and I keep telling them, like, "We literally have to wait until Thursday or Friday to officially make a call." But it's, uh it's been one of those things where the models aren't handling this incoming system too well.
0: Well, I feel like nailing down rain totals is, is just difficult in general, you know, sure. and even as you get closer, so that, that is just, that's just something that's difficult. And we've got some, we're supposed to be getting some rain for the next, I don't know, seven days. We have chances. We have really good chances like Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, and they've got parts of Oklahoma getting three, four five inches of rain is what some of the models are saying. So, you know, you take some of that with a little bit of a grain of salt and, and go, okay, well, this isn't going to be Noah's flood or anything, but it's going to be some significant rain. The amount of inches exactly is just, you know, to be seen when it happens, you know.
1: Sure. And, you know, you like you said, trying to nail the amount of rain is always difficult. But in these pop-up shower situations, somebody might get a whole lot of rain and then somebody a block away won't. Yeah. You know, we've seen that video from the Waffle House earlier this year where on one side of the building it's absolutely a downpour. And on the other corner of the building, it's bright blue sunshine.
0: I'm pretty sure that was Florida. And I think that's a Florida thing because they constantly have the land and sea breeze. So they get little showers that pop up and go away, pop up and go away. And so... Florida sounds fun. You know, they get those and they get the hurricanes. Maybe we should go down there and spend some time.
1: Right. I'd be, I'd be okay with Florida. i I hear Galveston's beautiful. Uh, I hear mm-hmm. South Padre Island is incredible, especially during spring break, but I think we're definitely too old for that. But <laughs> you know, it's, it's the sea breeze land effect, right? That's what we're trying to yes. get. Um, speaking of smoke and, you know, crappy weather, um, Northern California and Southern Oregon are still ablaze with many, many different wildfires. Uh, And one of the things that came out after we had taped last week's episode is the storm survey that the National Weather Service Sacramento office did on the car fire, which is still burning. Uh, The car fire is the fire that had gone through and had burned into parts of Redding. Um, got a lot of media coverage, and this particular report is getting even more media coverage, and we'll get into that here in a minute, but Bonnie, they came out and said that they had a fire whirl, which is not a tornado, it's similar to a tornado, and we had talked about that last week, where you get this massive uprise of hot weather uh, from the fire, hot air, and it you know starts spinning, and it looks like a fire tornado. Uh, Obviously, we know it's not an actual tornado. There are no severe thunderstorms with it. There's not a supercell that is creating it. But you get the same effect. And this fire whirl was so intense that it basically was able to uproot trees and bend metal around different objects. And the storm survey said that it had the same effect as an EF3 tornado. So, again, you think about that. Okay, you're dealing with a wildfire. You have this fire whirl that is... You know, acting like an EF3 tornado, uprooting stuff, bending metal, sending things, you know, hundreds of feet into the air and then spreading it out. Just an an incredible, you know, act of nature when you really think of it.
0: Yes. And not only is it uprooting all those trees and doing all that damage, but it's burning stuff along the way. I'm telling you. Nature. That is nature at its finest right there. Just... That's all the elements right there in one, you know, just destruction and fire and air and just I, that's that's incredible. That's incredible that it got an EF3 rating. I can't even can't even wrap my head around that.
1: Exactly. you know, And it's funny. I don't want to pick on people that cover, you know, weather events and that's not their main their main source of, you know, news coverage. Um, There was an article yesterday by a girl I actually know from Oregon who is covering this fire. And she said, oh, well, in addition to the fire, you had an EF3 tornado that came through. And I'm like, Hmm. you know, it's not. And I even tweeted this out and I retweeted on my account saying it's not an actual tornado, but it had the effects of one. Yeah. So, again, I, I know I'm nitpicking a little bit, but when you're trying to cover something and trying to be the most accurate about it and you don't know what you're talking about. It really does kind of, you know, it, it makes me cringe when I read that. But yes, absolutely. An EF3 rated, you know, fire whirl or an event that has that combined power is something to be concerned about. And, yes. you know, we, we that's s-
0: like apocalyptic. <laughs> it, it, it
1: really is. And that's exactly kind of what this, you know, article went on to say is, you know, not only are you having to evacuate and deal with this wildfire coming through, now you have this tornado like, you know, fireball coming at you. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things where you just look at, and again, we talked about last week where you're just in awe of, you know, the wind, the heat, the fire, all creating, you know, this monster, this, you know, what they call a fire whirl. And when it comes at you, it's definitely scary.
0: I wouldn't even know what to do if it came at me. I would be, I I feel like I might be stunned. Like, am I really seeing this right now? And then to later get the report that it's. It was just as powerful as an EF three tornado, which just just blow my mind. So that's incredible and scary. So hopefully, all those firefighters and all the people out there are keeping an eye out.
1: Right? You know, and again, our our hearts and our prayers and you know thoughts and everything are are definitely with these firefighters, members of this communities that are affected, because it's one of those things that you know. Uh, you get it obviously in Oklahoma, everywhere in the United States does, but you have these wildfires that just are devastating and, Mm -hmm. you know, they can change your life, you know, for not just, you know, temporary, but extended periods of time where, you know, you have a house and it' no longer there. I mean, what are you going to do? You end up having to, you know, get assistance from the Red Cross and other agencies. And that's, Great, but these things really are impactful and I don't think people always realize that, okay, well we see some pictures on the news, yeah, we feel bad but they don't get it. But these events really are life changing.
0: Yeah, they have to start over with everything. They have nothing. They don't have clothes, they don't have any of their any of their belongings, you know. Could you imagine if you came home and your house was empty and you had to start over with everything, you know, your socks, everything and you're just you're like, How how do I start over? you know?
1: Exactly. And it goes in again, you know, and we'll get into this in future episodes, but, you know, being prepared for these things, having an emergency kit, having things that you can, you know, keep in your car or keep at work that, you know, will just kind of help if something like this were to happen where you're somewhat prepared, because even being a little prepared is better than not being prepared at all.
0: Exactly, exactly. And unfortunately, that's still a huge issue here in Oklahoma during tornado season. And it's it's just kind of mind blowing, you know. We've all been around. We've all been living in Oklahoma for years and years. We've all seen, you know, May 3rd, 99, and the two May tornadoes in 2013. So it's just kind of crazy that it's still being prepared and having your safe spot and having your safety kit and your helmets and all that ready to go is still like a fight (laughs) to get people to do.
1: Yeah, we're becoming complacent, you know, here in the Pacific Northwest. We're waiting for what they call, quote unquote, the big one, the big earthquake that, you know, is going to, you know, basically, you know, render Seattle and Portland, Salem, Eugene, Medford useless all the way down to San Francisco, maybe into Los Angeles where, you know, the entire West Coast is affected. So, again, if you can do any type of preparedness stuff now, you'll be better Mm -hmm. off in the end. But speaking of being prepared, uh, folks along the Gulf Coast today, um, you know, we talked about a quiet hurricane season. Well, the National Hurricane Center and NOAA reissued their latest forecast, and now it's a likelihood of a below-normal season, now up to 60%, which is up from 25% in May, so the revised numbers are 9 to 13 storms, 4 to 7 of those will become hurricanes, and 0 to 2 will become major hurricanes. Currently, we've had 4 storms in the Atlantic, currently there's only 1 out there, and it's her, uh, tropical Storm Debbie, which is currently northwest of the Azor Islands, which is in the deep North Atlantic, so you have to go way past Maine uh, up toward Greenland, basically, before you look at to see where uh, Tropical Storm Debbie is and that's uh, pretty much fizzled out I want to say the National Hurricane Center will maybe have one or two more advisories on it uh, before it turns extra tropical and they're no longer concerned about it
0: It's It's kind of depressing I mean, you know, not that I want any major hurricanes but it's like this is a fun season too. And it's, you know, tornado season was dry. Hurricane season is dry. The Sahara's dry. And I guess that's, you know, what they're saying is causing this slow hurricane season is just all that dry air and dry dust over the Atlantic, keeping the air above the Atlantic dry. And so it's hard for storms to get formed. And then, you know, if nothing's forming in Africa anyways, there's nothing to come off the coast and come across the Atlantic to become a hurricane. So, I mean, the dust is exciting and all, but it's kind of, you know, putting a damper on this whole thing.
1: Right. And it's funny you mentioned this. You had tweeted to me an article uh, earlier in the week saying, uh, I believe from the national weather museum saying that this dust is basically the most exciting thing that's coming off of the African continent. And I know that we had talked about it and, you know, we had theorized that, you know, maybe because of all this dust, that's the reason why we've had such a limited season, and this article comes out and basically says that's the reason why we've, you know, had a pretty slow hurricane season.
0: And and it's it's sad a little bit because, because there's no hurricanes. All the meteorologists are excited about the dust because, like you said, that's the most exciting thing coming off the African coast right now. So we're all like, yay dust, which it is cool that it's coming all the way across the Atlantic. It's just, you know. We're supposed to be saying, yay, hurricanes.
1: <laughs> right. And, I, again, you're not going to find anybody, you know, complaining about this whatsoever, especially after, right. you know, last year's tropical season was kind of an anomaly um, in terms of storms coming in, you know, to the into the Gulf. And, of course, we saw, you know, what happened around Houston with all the major flooding, and then it yeah. continued, of course, toward New Orleans. But, you know, when you look at the tropical season, really – it boils down to, okay, so we have dust coming off of that, but we even haven't had short waves come up and form over, you know, the Bahamas. We haven't had tropical disturbances in the Gulf. So yeah. it's been a quiet season across the board. And to be sitting here now, you know, August 9th, in kind of the peak of hurricane season, to have only four named storms, and three of those really, you know, had the possibility to affect the U.S. But, man, it's it's been eerily quiet.
0: Yeah. So, it's uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it stays eerily quiet and it's going to be a record season for not much action or at the very end, Mother Nature is going to come through with something crazy and it's going to be a record season for that kind of reason. You know what I mean? So there's still time, I guess, but, you know, it's looking bleak.
1: It is true. And with the revised forecast, I don't have the numbers right, right in front of me, but the national hurricane center and Noah said now that the chances of it being a normal season and a chances of being above, you know, normal season are significantly lower. So we're looking yeah. at a below level forecast. We're looking at again, maybe four to seven total total hurricanes, two of them, which could be, you know, possibly major zero to two of them. So, you know, I, I'm okay with it being a quiet season. Um, I just hope that we have, you know, maybe a more of an active fall chase season for you or at least yes. something to pop up. But, um, man, I mean, it's going to go down as this summer being one of the hottest on records, record fires, a quiet tropic season, a quiet chase season, uh, spring and possibly fall. So either we get into some polar vortexes in the winter and we have massive outbreaks of ice storms and snowstorms and nor'easters or the story's going to go down really being the fires um, from the Midwest out to the West coast.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, I'm all for a quiet weather year, but you know, we all like a little bit of fun, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of something, you know? So, you know, I guess, I mean, there's always next year, I guess, but we'll see. We still have half the year left, but I will say here around here, we've, We've got some records as well, some record cool months like July and August, record wet months like we're we've got a lot of rain for the month of August already and you like you said it's August 9th. So we're breaking records over here too, real crazy records, you know. Like on Monday our high is supposed to be 79 degrees and that's just unheard of in August in Oklahoma. So it's just a really weird year all around. <laughs>
1: It is funny. You guys are in the cooler. We're definitely in the warmer cycle. Um, One thing that I want to get into in a couple of future episodes here is the fact that uh, the Pacific Northwest, for us, the joke is summer doesn't start until July 5th. And it will run until, you know, through July, August, most of September into early October. And it's really rare for us to see rain within that time time period outside of a a rare thunderstorm or we might get a quick little clipper that moves through and dumps maybe a tenth of an inch if we're lucky. The rest of the continent, it's not like that. You guys have pop-up storms. You guys have normal storm systems that move through. All this type of weather. And I was looking at a map the other day I saw on the Weather Channel where you look at the amount of precip during the summer your rainy season basically is equally spread throughout from, you know, basically January through December. And I want to get into that because that that to me kind of blows my mind. Everybody thinks of, oh, summer, bright blue sunshine, warm temperatures. But for two-thirds of the country, that's not exactly true. Yeah. So I, I do want to definitely jump into that because I think that's something that's really fascinating to me because for me, my summer is three and a half months long and then I'm in a wet season the rest of the time. So... You know the rest of the country apparently balances out pretty nicely, so I'll definitely want to get into that. But Bonnie, I appreciate you taking a moment of your time today. Uh, man, stay dry, hopefully, you stay cool. I'm gonna, you know, crank the air conditioning back up, put the fans back on, and you know, hopefully, get through this heat. It's gonna be around for a couple more days. We cool off this weekend, and then it's supposed to ramp right back up next weekend. So, looking forward to it again. Bobby from Oregon.
0: And Bonnie from Oklahoma.
1: And we appreciate you guys listening to B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We will definitely talk to you next week.